Hi, and welcome to this bonus episode of Progressive Palaver. I'm Joe Beauclair, and I'm currently traveling on business. As I had mentioned in the bonus episode on Marillion, I happen to have cause today to take a long car trip in a rental car um, as I travel for business. But, fortunately, the car had a decent sound system, and I had a, a phone full of Marillion and Yes music to accompany me on, on my journey today. And so that was, you know, I decided to go back and sort of revisit some of the things that I had loaded onto my phone um, today as I drove around. Now, I was supposed to be um, actually prepping for the next episode we have coming up on a couple of King's X albums, but I neglected to load those albums onto my phone before I left. So that's why I had this sort of trip down memory lane. But uh, it was really, really spectacular. And what I find interesting about this yes portion is, you know, when we were doing the episode, I believe it was going for the one. Um, and it may be on the original recording of that podcast, which unfortunately never actually got recorded. Paul had made mention of the fact that when he was preparing for that, um, he was actually spending some time driving across Pennsylvania, I believe it was, listening to a lot of... You know, I think he listened to maybe Tales and maybe Relayer, and then he had gotten into some of the solo stuff between Relayer and Going for the One. And it was, you know, on this sort of, it was in this type of situation, um, listening to the, those albums in that way, that he really thought that Olias of Sun Hillo, John Anderson's first solo record, was really, really spectacular. When I listened to Olias of Sun Hillo for the podcast, I've owned it for quite some time, but I hadn't listened to it in a while. When I listened to it for the podcast, I was less impressed than Paul, and he explained this sort of situation. So I, I bring that up because I thought it was it was f- funny the way things went down today. So... Um, We've had reason to think about some of these Yes albums, you know, recently because we have recorded the episodes. Um, Paul and I did the the special concert series where we saw um, Yes featuring ARW three nights in a row, um, one of those nights with Ken. And so there's been, you know, a lot of uh, sort of Yes input. Um, so it was, I was very interested to go back today and listen to some of these albums and, you know, just see, see what I thought. And so I started out with going for the one. Um, it just seemed like it was very appropriate. I, I listened to Yes on the way back on my trip today. So it was, you know, middle of the afternoon. It was a beautiful, clear blue day. Um, and going for the one just seemed sort of appropriate. And I believe I said on the original episode that the track going for the one, while completely different, maybe, and probably from what you were expecting from a Yes album, um, 
it certainly did have a certain amount of energy in it that I think conveyed what seemed to be going on with the band at the time. And I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about some of the Yes albums, and this particular album cover in general um, did not really please them at all. But I was thinking, you know, what would have been like in 1977 buying this, you know, after Relayer had come out and the band had been on hiatus for a couple of years. Now, you would have picked this up and you would have said, wow, this looks different from every other Yes album. And maybe that would have been your first clue that what you were going to hear musically might be a little bit different. And going for the one, I think, certainly was. Um, Still very enjoyable. Um, Turn of the century, after doing our podcast episode and hearing Paul talk about Turn of the Century, I will never be able to hear this song the same way again. And I marveled at the way the band is able to contribute to that, um, you know, that song. And, and because it doesn't have, obviously, a very, you know, normal rock and roll or, or you know, song structure to it. And yet, you know, when, when the band is, is, is playing their parts... And Squire in particular, I think, but but all of them really, as they're playing, you know, it it could come across like just noodling, just to fill in space, but it doesn't. And you know, I, I there's a there's a story from the Big Generator days of Holy Lamb, which is the the last song on there, that you know, I guess you know John and and Trevor were learning how to sort of work together and Trevor appreciated that that Holy Lamb was very important to John even though he himself didn't really get it and he worked very hard so that that song you know could be on the record and I think it's it's beautiful and spectacular I wonder um, just personally if Turn of the Century didn't have something very similar to it Um, because not being a, a true musician myself I I think it would be difficult to to make a song like that come across as well as this one does. It's truly remarkable. Now, parallels, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think I think situation matters. So when I, you know, when we talked about this in the episode on going for the one, I want to say the group as a whole, um, Paul and Ken, weren't overly enamored with parallels um you know we we talked a lot about the about the the church organ and everything else but i think overall paul and 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 ken were you know less impressed with it than maybe i was i gotta tell you today even having you know had that conversation with them i freaking loved this I was rocking the hell out listening to this today. And um, I do. I just love that that church organ. Kicks my ass. Um, Wonder Stories. Uh, You know, Wonder Stories is one of those things where, you know, it was was on Classic Yes. It was sort of like the the one later, quote-unquote, later um, era Yes song that I knew in the beginning. Um, 
you know, because when you get into this, you know of the Yes album and Fragile, and you've heard of Close to the Edge, and you knew of 90125, but everything in the middle was kind of like, you know, this sort of black hole. And so, you know, I've known Wonder Stories for a very, very long time, and it was a single, yes, and is it, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it where even to this day, I'm still sort of learning different things about that song and finding different things to like and to latch on to, which was very, very refreshing. Now, the very odd story about that is I came back to my hotel, obviously, after this journey, and I was checking the Twitter feed, and someone had posted that a couple of years ago, I want to say it was 2008 or 2009, I don't remember already, but there was a, they posted the video, there was a Cadillac commercial using Wondrous Stories, and I actually posted on there that I, w- I was feeling conflicted by that, because... Um, you know, it was it was obviously cool that um, yes, and Wonder Stories was was you know featured in a commercial, and I'm happy anytime you know a band like that gets gets uh, you know little cash. But man, who wants yes in a commercial? That just doesn't seem right at all. Although, and ironically enough, here again, it may have been on the original version of the Going for the One podcast, which, again, no one has heard because I didn't record it properly. Um, and I don't remember if we brought it up on the, the re-record that we we ultimately released. But we do talk about Steve Howe, you know, making sort of beer commercial um, licks throughout this album. So that was, that was kind of funny. Um, and that, of course, gets us to Awaken. And I... I you know, Awaken is just, it's just spectacular, and it's its never bad, and there's, you know, what what can you say about Awaken? It, it never gets, never gets old, so to speak. So from that, um, I went to Relayer, and the reason I went to Relayer is there's been a lot of talk among the guys recently um, involving Relayer, and Sound Chaser in particular. So, you know, here again, it was it was sort of the perfect storm of, you know, it was a beautiful day, good sound system, um, and I'd, I'd had a good day, and, and everything was, you know, I was driving, and everything was sort of in the, in the right spot. The Gates of Delirium, while there are some sonic issues with it, um, you know, again, the drums sound like they're about two inches tall and recorded way back in the furthest corner of the room. Um, I, I still think Steve's guitar sounds on this record are, you know, just abrasive sometimes. Um, but Gates of Delirium is just genius. Absolutely genius. And I was I couldn't help but think that I was very, very sad that I never saw the Masterworks tour because I would very much love to see this performed live. And um, that would be very, very cool. Now, Sound Chaser has, like I said, sort of shown up in conversations recently. And I recall in the episode on Relayer, we were not particularly kind to Sound Chaser. Today didn't bother me so much um there's that there's that one part or the couple parts of the end where they break into that cha-cha cha-cha thing that's that's not good um but overall 
you know, it wasn't nearly as as bad as I remembered. So, you know, again, situation matters. And um, Paul, I think I now understand why you were so fond of Elias of Sunhillo and I was not. And to be over, um, still doesn't really do anything for me. It's not as bad, again, as I remembered it, but it's not inspiring in any way, shape, or form. And uh, so that finished up Relayer. And then from there, I went to drama. And yeah, you know, I just, I love, love, love drama. Love everything about it. I love the songwriting. I love the fact that Steve Howe is sort of like, you know, this is his his first, I don't know, and for 1980, his, his first you know, modern sound, you know, he's getting into a, a different guitar sound. His playing is a little bit different, um, you know, and, and I love the blending of, of yes with the Buggles because the Buggles obviously were, you know, a new wave band and they had a lot of this dystopian angst thing. And, you know, drama really mixes those, you know, the, the, the emotional punch of yes music with this you know some of these sort of dystopian themes which is very very cool um thought it was great so machine messiah just kicks ass i mean everything about this album was just phenomenal um white car doesn't really happen into the lens and run through the light and then finally tempest fugit there's there's really nothing on here that i don't like um it's just you know, it, it's it's a spectacular album. It's nice as the album goes on, and Chris Squire's vocals um, become a little less prevalent in terms of of doubling the lead. Um, they kind of let you know Trevor Horn do his thing a little bit. I understand maybe why on the first couple tracks uh, or the the first track, certainly Machine Messiah, they don't do that. Um, you know, they're there may have been some desire to have sort of, you know, Chris really prevalent in the mix to sort of allay the fears or mask the change or whatever the case may be. And not that that's bad. Um, obviously, anytime you get to hear Chris Squire sing, it's, it's a good thing. But I do enjoy Trevor Horn doing his thing. And, um, yeah, I'll still go back to Jeff Downs is, you know, he's... He he's certainly talented. He's not he's not a Rick or an Igor, but he's not, you know, with all due respect and I'll buy you dinner, he's not a Tony K either. So yeah, I just you know this album is is very much me. I think this album, again, and I said this on the episode, this particular album is just the highlight of Chris and Alan as a rhythm section. I just think they are so in tune. Um, with each other and in sync and and they're interesting and even when when they're playing you know straight ahead you know sections it still just kicks ass so that was uh that was my day today i got to listen to you know again two marillion albums going out three marillion albums going back there was a lot of traffic on the way back that's why i got to listen to more yes plus albums were shorter back then and um yeah, I just, you know, so I, I, I had the opportunity, you know, some things I feel differently about than the podcast, but some things pretty much the same, 
and it was nice to be able to go back and listen to these things with the the benefit of of the palaver discussions and like i said sort of focus on some new things and 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 see some things differently so that was that was very very cool i enjoyed it and happy to get to share just a couple of minutes with with you folks and as always you know we definitely welcome and solicit your feedback um you know half half the fun of these podcasts is sort of getting into the discussion and you know so if you agree disagree want to add something please we encourage you to do that you can as always tweet at us we are at progpala p-r-o-g-p-a-l-a um we are also on facebook and instagram we're progressive palaver on both of those we have an email progpala at gmail.com and we also have a youtube channel which i believe is also progressive palaver and we are you can find the podcast obviously on itunes and google play and we are also on soundcloud if you're on there so we encourage all of you to reach out in any one of those ways which is convenient for you and let us know what you think and we will keep doing what we're doing and we look forward to talking to you and hearing from you in the future thanks so much <laughs>